Hey, Crystal. Hey, Joseph. Do you want to talk about one of the keys to a deeper relationship? I sure do. Listen in to find out more. Welcome to A Word from Our Outpost. With Joseph and Crystal Gruber. A podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling to be missionary-minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Direct, O Lord, our actions by thy holy inspiration, and carry them on by thy gracious assistance, that every word and work of ours may begin in thee, and by thee be happily ended. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One of the keys to a deeper relationship with anyone. Yeah. So this one is interesting to me for several reasons. So we're coming at this based on the book by Matthew Kelly, Seven Levels of Intimacy. You maybe have heard us talk about this before. Um, so the seven levels of intimacy are cliches, facts, opinions, hopes and dreams, feelings, false feels and fa- false fears and failures, and legitimate needs. So we want to talk specifically about opinions. Yeah, the, there's this weird hinge point that happens as he goes through. So, so like psychologically, I don't know if Matthew Kelly is like 100% dead on that these are the topics, these are the categories of deeper and deeper relationships. But like as a general rough broad stroke sort of approach that I've found helpful, that we have found helpful, like to sort of evaluate if we've been to a party, what was the best kind of conversation we were able to have if we're going to be uh, going to a friend's house what are kinds of topics that seem to fit the relationship that we have with them? And we've talked about this in our podcast before, how what we often see in these kinds of events is there's like this like bouncing around of like, oh, I'll share a story. Well, that reminded me of this story that's tangentially related. And that reminded me of that. And it's just like a bunch of story sharing, which can be fun. Like some of these stories are funny or interesting or provide fun anecdotes later on. Um, but they're facts. It's, it's just a sharing of a lot of facts, which is a second level of intimacy, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're among a bunch of people who you don't know very well and you're just getting to know them. It can be revelatory of what kinds of stories they share and are those the sorts of things I would want to participate in with them or things like that. But it's very, it when we see that the next level of intimacy is opinions, it starts to be very clear of A, why people don't bring these up and B, why they allow things to go deeper. Because opinions means that we could start to disagree. And especially in the world today where you're not quite sure how somebody might handle a disagreement, um, it's it's a scary thing to navigate into these waters. And we've also experienced where people have told us outright, oh, I don't maintain relationships with people with whom I disagree. Yeah. And so if that's what you're putting on the line, no wonder you don't want to go there. And yet it maintains a shallow level of relationship if we don't go there. Why is that, Joseph? Well, the the question that we have to ask ourselves is, can I live in a world where people differ from me enough that they have different opinions and that they, they could engage in controversy with me? Like most of us don't want to live in that big of a world. This is why we there's such talk of living in an echo chamber. That's why there are a lot of complaints that aren't always uh, as full-hearted as maybe you would hope. 
about different algorithms on social media, creating these echo chambers. I think a lot of people like them. Um, and if they disagree with someone, they don't want to have a relationship with them. They, they want to disagree with them and dehumanize them, disagree with them and keep them, uh, you know, off with like a 10 foot pole or what have you. And, and so the idea that you can both be in a relationship with someone and disagree with them is perplexing because we don't often have that room in our hearts for those kinds of relationships because it, it forces us to look at things from a different perspective to, to ask the question, you know, am I right or am I wrong? And, and maybe that's, that's one of the things that Matthew Kelly brings up in the book about this stage of opinions is in order to be in a relationship with someone with whom we disagree for the relationship to really be a relationship, there has to be a little bit of the question, could I be wrong here? And if we're not willing to ask that question, then we're not really willing to give the other person any kind of the benefit of the doubt. Um, and it, it, it's it's hard to admit when I'm wrong. I don't like it. So being with people who I might disagree with is hard. And I know it's hard for other people to be wrong. And sometimes I'm like, well, maybe I should... To, I should just walk away because it'll be really embarrassing when they realize they were the wrong people. And so I'll just walk away and let them be wrong to avoid the embarrassment that they might feel. Or the conflict if they're a feisty sort of person that gets defensive. Well, and I think the thing that's interesting to me on this, because I can think of times where I have stepped away from controversy of like and stepped away from a p- different opinions being shared and not wanting to go there but i also can think of in- instances where i've been able to have a different opinion than somebody else and maintain a friendship and that there's a uh, there is a greater depth and richness to those friendships and there's something really beautiful in that and, and I have one friend who I, I just thoroughly enjoy. And we've said to each other many times, like, I don't know how you could see this. Like, so we'll agree with like one piece of something, but then we'll like disagree on what that means. She's an atheist. So I'll be like, you know, I don't know how you could see this and believe in, not believe in God. She says, I don't know how you could see this and believe in God. You know, but but we can have that disagreement and still maintain a relationship and still find come and ground in some things and still have really meaningful discussions and even though up to this point we've have not changed each other's minds on whether or not god exists i I, my faith has actually been deepened in conversation with her and i've actually seen things that i would not have seen had i not had these challenging conversations so i think when we can learn how to disagree well when we can learn how to have a different opinion from somebody and maintain a relationship, it can really add a richness to our lives. But we're, every time we enter into that zone, we're taking a chance. Yeah. And there's there, something at risk. When people express things that are controversial, that doesn't mean, oh, I need to engage with them right here and right now. And it doesn't mean that we ever have to engage. But we can feel out the waters and say, you know, this is interesting. I don't think we're on the same page here. We don't have to talk about it right now. And if we don't have the kind of relationship that could survive such a controversy yet, then we can wait a little bit. But know that I would be interested in this discussion someday and to, to leave the door open so that they don't feel threatened. And because 
we live in a very conflict averse world. Uh, and, and I don't know, sometimes I do wonder, like, should we just be a lot more threatening and just be a lot more willing to say, I think you're wrong and let's have it out right now? Maybe, maybe. Joseph, I think this is a really important point. So I, oh, good. I, I think a lot of what I'm going to say is maybe just reiterating what you said, but I think it bears repeating. So I think like the point of this whole episode is that this opinions level of intimacy is a hinge point for deeper intimacy. And maybe real quick, the, the things that you get if you make it past this ability to disagree are things like finding out about each other's hopes and dreams, about finding out what people are actually feeling, what they're desiring, uh, finding out where they might be at fault, where they might have failures going on, their biggest fears. And when we get to the, the very core of other people we find out their legitimate needs and we actually get to participate in the a life in common with them so like that's what we can get and and i think when we come up to this opinions spot and we realize that maybe we have different opinions than somebody there's this reality that we've been discussing it like we're taking a risk now if we address this but I think you bring up a really good point, Joseph, that that it's not a bad thing to evaluate whether or not now is the time to address it. So we shouldn't never address it because then we won't have more intimate relationships. But that also doesn't mean we always need to address it immediately. And I think your um, example or suggestion, Joseph, of being able to call it out and say, I am noticing that this is somewhere where we maybe have different opinions. Do you want to talk about this now? Or maybe we could talk about that some other time. And maybe it's like legitimately the end of the evening and it's not worth, you know, continuing opening that that can of worms. But to be able to say, oh, I just noticed this. I think we still need to part ways right now. Like we're tired or we, you know, we've finished, we've been trying to part ways for an hour already or whatever. But I'd love to come back to this topic and discuss it with you in the future to, to find different ways, have different tools in your bag to recognize when there is a different opinion, difference in opinions and evaluate. Do I address this now? Do I not address this at all? Do I address this later? And, and if it's addressing it later, bringing that up with the person so that they're aware it's something that you would like to discuss cordially, peacefully, um, or if you do want to address it now and bring it up now, ask and make sure it's okay. Because just because you want to go deeper, they might not. And so to give them the space to say, yeah, no thanks, I don't actually want to go there. And then then you know. You know that they don't want to go past that thing of opinions. Now, Joseph. Yes. You mentioned. I did. We've got this hinge point. We've got opinions. And if we get past opinions, then we can talk about these other things. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes people kind of like try to skip over this opinions. Oh, you wanted to talk about that? No, I wasn't done talking about the other part. Oh, we can keep talking about the other part then. Okay. <laughs> I just uh, thought it was a good segue, but we can. No, no, it was a great segue. Uh, maybe we should just jump. Well, the, the but I did ask the question, why not just charge in? And it, it's not it's not my fault if somebody else doesn't want to engage Right. If I say I disagree or I have an opinion and somebody says I disagree, it's not my fault if they are 
immediately turned off by that. But it is my fault if if I haven't tried to convey that I care more about them than I care about the particular issue. Because I people actually matter more than conversations. Conversations are the tool by which we come to know people, but that means like the conversation is at the service of getting to know people. So the person in front of us is more important. And if we're not conveying that, that's a problem. Maybe we should be a little bit more open to the fact like, oh, they've expressed this opinion. It would actually be charitable to let them know that someone that they know doesn't agree with them and is willing to talk to them about it. Now, if that leads to, I'm going to unfriend you and unfollow you and block you, that's that's an interesting thing on their part because that's them saying, I only want superficial relationships. And that's a... That's not a you problem. That's a, Yeah, and that's a loneliness problem for them eventually. And so that's something to sorrow for. Uh, but it's not... Yeah, it's it's not. Mm. <clears throat> but I think this is a reason why we need to take care for. <clears throat> excuse me for. Do I care more about winning the argument or do I care more about this person? Yeah. Because if what if you're charging ahead because you just want to win and you just want to prove that they're wrong and you might be saying it's because I care about them, but really you just want them to know that they're wrong. That's not the same as saying. I really care about you and I think this is worth discussing and I think that maybe there might be something you might not be seeing and I might be capable of sharing that with you. But if you're shutting them down because of being so aggressive or being rude or being, I don't know, something else that's... You're showing that you don't care about them. And this is one of the things, like if I'm listening only so that I can get my point in, as I was when you were trying to do an elegant segue and I was like, no, I want to get my point in. then uh, that that's probably problematic if we're not willing to hear the other person. And like, I, I have really good arguments for a lot of positions that I hold. I do. I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. I spend a <laughs> long time coming up with arguments, vetting arguments, trying out arguments, spending days and days wandering around with arguments playing out between atheist me and Catholic me and Jewish me, and agnostic (laughs) me, all of me in discussion on a lot of things. And I've got fairly decent arguments for a lot of things. And most of the time, that is not the most important thing. Most of the time, the other person needs to feel like I actually care about them. And not only the position they hold, but how they got there. Because if I can see, oh, this is a position that they hold because of these things, and I know the story... And then I can see the trajectory. And then I can be like, oh, well, you know, this thing that you mentioned about your past when you saw this show and it gave you this idea, or you read this book and you gave this gave you this idea. Can we talk about that? Can we go a little upstream and see if we can play with those things a little bit and see like where you arrived right now maybe isn't your endpoint? And maybe I care about your whole journey about where you are, where you've been, and where you might be. And I'd like you to end up in as good of a place as possible without doing violence to you. Yeah, because oftentimes people have arrived at the conclusion that they're at through consistent logic that had a faulty beginning. And when 
you are bringing up a different different opinion, you might not actually be addressing the original malformation piece. I, I was talking with a friend in the last year about a hot button issue. And said she said she was okay with this one aspect of it. And when I heard out her whole argument, I was like, oh, I, I see that you're being lo- logically consistent. I disagree with you still, but I see that you're being logically consistent between different pieces and parts of your argument. And so for me to say like, oh, no, you're wrong about this thing wouldn't have done any good in that conversation because I wasn't addressing like the beginning that she was starting from. I was addressing a whole different issue. So... So caring about the whole person, past, present, and future, and being able to express that. Because like most of the arguments that I know, uh, they're addressing like these further down the road kinds of issues, and, and they're just not going to be effective. And if I'm thinking more about those than I am about the person in front of me, that's that's problematic. So, But you, were, you did bring up what happens uh, if we just skip what if we just skip the whole fact that we might disagree about things? What if we just skip and lay out our deepest, darkest secrets with people or say, I really need this thing. Will you help me? Like, um, you know, the, to go to a work buddy and say, I just, you know, what would be like a legitimate need? I need an accountability partner for, uh, the exercise routine that my physical therapist put me on. And I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that your name is Bill because I say good morning, Bill, every day to you. But I don't have a relationship with you that would allow for me to help you keep accountable to that. And if you didn't wa- wade through the waters of, I think physical therapy is the right option and the other person thinks chiropraxy is the right option, then you might have just picked the wrong accountability partner because... Well, you know, I'm it's, being a little cheap yeah, with that example. Yeah, it, it's actually more the, the fact that uh, jumping straight to legitimate needs is a big jump for people. Yeah. And it does violence to a relationship um, to go straight from high and now um, take care of these legitimate needs. That's, I mean, it's a little bit why relationships in the medical realm can be so strange because like literally this past summer i had a stranger whom i met once i allowed him to stab me in the back and put me under anesthesia i was like that that's a huge amount of trust that's a weird leap doc to go from i met you for a consult to a very minor surgery Um, but we do that and and we, we recognize oh this is a weird thing it's a necessary thing but, but it's a weird thing. But some people jump around these levels of intimacy and don't allow them to organically proceed. And we see this in dating relationships where men are like, I don't feel like this woman is worthy, uh, or that I'm worthy of this woman. So I need to shoot myself in the foot by trotting out every bad thing I've ever done on our second date so that she knows exactly what she's getting into, by which I mean she's getting out of. And some people do that. I don't recommend it. It does violence to a relationship. In, in violence, um, I'm reading a book about Aristotle by Mortimer Adler, and he talks about violence is uh, not allowing something to proceed as it would naturally proceed. So, like, if I were to lift up a mug and drop it, by its nature, it would fall and break. But I could do violence and, like, snatch it out of the air before it fell, and that would 
stop it from doing what it would naturally do. You know, it's a kind of violent action that I can do. We're capable of that kind of uh, acting against the organic, the, the, the against the natural proceeding. And in, in a relationship, we don't want to do violence to relationships. We, we don't want to go and insert things that uh, aren't proper. So like if I start entrusting my hopes and dreams <coughs> excuse me, to a coworker, uh, they might not have the bandwidth to to even receive them or respond well to them. And I might be like, why are why are my my coworkers not more encouraging? It's like, well, maybe you didn't build up a relationship with them. And part of that relationship will hinge on whether or not you live in a world where they can be large enough of a person to have corners that don't line up with yours, that, that are different. This is part of the virtue of meekness, to make room for other people. The, the meekest man of the Old Testament was Moses because he made room for God to speak to him, and he listened. And uh, Moses was not a perfect man, just man for the most part, other than like the murder and stuff, but, uh, but not perfect, probably didn't agree with God but allowed God to have his say. And that's a really hard thing to do. Uh, So if we want intimacy with the most important person, namely God, uh, if we want to talk with Jesus, we actually have to allow him to have a different set of opinions than ourselves and be okay with him disagreeing with us. Because he's okay with us disagreeing with him. He gave us a free will. This is a weird thing. Like, he didn't have to do that. This makes me think about when people say, the cool like prayer isn't to change God's mind. It's to change ours, um, which is maybe a little bit kitschy, but I think it's, it's actually like poignantly true in this particular instance that we're talking about. Do yeah. What is our openness to what somebody else has to say? What is our openness to what God has to say? That's different than what we want to hear or like to hear. And can we receive that? And can we allow ourselves to be changed by that? And, are we able to learn how to articulate the truths that we hold well in a way that is um, inviting to transformation to others also? And are we willing to be patient to go through that before jumping into some of these deeper levels of intimacy? Yeah. Fun story about someone who was not willing to let people disagree with him. If you've ever seen the movie A Man for All Seasons... It's got this delightful scene where Henry VIII is visiting Sir Thomas More, and he brought musicians, and they're playing a tune. And he asks Thomas, you know, what do you think of it? And he's like, well, may I ask, is it one of yours? Is it, it, did you compose it? And Henry VIII is like, discovered! <laughs> and now I am, or what, whatever he said, you know, I'm, I'm sad because I'll never hear your true opinion. He's like, well you want my true opinion, I, I'll give it. I think it was delightful. But I am not known to have a good ear for music and uh, or, or good taste in music. And Henry VIII laughs and he's like, I think you have excellent taste in music, Thomas. It accords precisely with my own. <laughs> like Henry VIII did not like when people disagreed with him because immediately after that, Thomas disagrees with him and Henry flies off the handle and Thomas continues to not agree with Henry VIII and ends up losing his head over it. 
and and this like, Henry VIII did not live in a world where other people could disagree with him and still exist and still exist and and that's like pushing it to the extreme uh, the the annihilation of those opinions um, because we disagree with them ends up being the annihilation of other people and that's not a good place to be if you think that God created people and loved them into existence just just not a it's not a great place for us as human beings to be to say well you know God may love them but he's wrong they are not lovable people like well, I disagree <laughs> so so being able to disagree with people cordially being able to allow that conversation to proceed because we love the other person not because we need to prove that we're right truth actually protects itself Reality has this nasty habit of reasserting itself, so it's not like um, an emergent situation. Anyway. Yeah, so taking the time to listen and to allow for relationships to develop naturally, organically, and to not jump ahead prematurely are sort of the take-home points of this episode. If you want to have real relationships, that's all. Yeah. Well, I think that's all for now. Yeah. Would you close us in prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your love, for your willingness to receive us where we are in discord with you. We pray that you would help our hearts to be transformed like unto yours. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. From our outpost to yours, thanks for listening. And a special thanks to John Mark Skoke. That's S-K-O-C-H. For the music. Check him out on Spotify. 